0: Is a Christian to be involved in politics or not? So there you are. You're at Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner with your family and friends, and something is said about religion and politics. And there's you. You're a Christian. You're seated at the table while someone's passing the gravy, and you decide to pour it on your Christian worldview, that is, into the conversation.
1: And what happens next? I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What were you thinking? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Don't say anything now. Just think about it. You're listening to Stop and Think About It, a podcast for the Christian thinker. In a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man centered entertainment. <laughs> And the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual. This podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it.
0: Greetings, friends and foes, saints and sinners. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Stop and Think About It podcast. I'm Phil, the Bronx Expositor, here with co-host Nick, a.k.a. the Puerto Rican Puritan. How we doing, Nick?
2: Good, good, good.
0: Just, I don't understand how that
2: nickname stuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just did. And I have to mention that Glenroy, the West Indian wordsmith, will no longer be continuing with us as he wants to focus on other things for such a time as this. We're going to miss you, Glen. True story. It's funny that you mentioned that intro because
2: I had, I had a very similar uh, situation happen to me. Uh, in on a Christmas gathering, where you know political stuff came up, and that was the last time I was invited, and that's all I'm gonna say about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you keep oh, yeah. your ear to politics, I believe. Correct. I try. You try. I try. All right. I'm
2: I'm fairly new to it, to be honest with you. I I uh, uh, trying or keeping your ear. I tr- I I try to stay into it, but I'm fairly new, so. You know, um, I didn't get aware until actually until Trump got voted in, and then I saw how much drama he was getting, how much hate he was getting, and <clears throat> and I just that's when I started to really start to listen and study and try to figure things out and how a Christian is supposed to uh,
0: you know deal with it. And there's news um, all over on television on the internet, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. I mean, it's all over the place. And there are various versions of the news, which is called framing. So how somebody um, puts forth the news. So two different sources can be giving news on the same topic or subject or happening, but each of them comes from a different angle and each of them frames the issue it could be in a contradictory way so if source a uh, frames their uh, same frames an issue in a positive light um, then resource B can frame it in a negative light and yet they're talking about the exact same uh, issue at hand and so Nick where do you get your news from I mean how do you how do you get it? Um, from a perspective that's going to be biblical and clear and accurate, uh, and all of those things, because we certainly don't want to get something that is um, from a Christian source, but yet it's not accurate. I try my best
2: to find like the most balanced people uh, to 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 you know to follow, uh, because not only can you just find those, those the the left and and you know people deliberately. Just uh, uh, speaking, you know, their their ideology and their propaganda, and the left just spilling out their lies, you know. But you can also get the same thing from the right. So I I try to find something that's more balanced. Um, I like I like the Epic Times um, mostly. Uh, I I like people like Larry Elder. Um, he's he's very conservative, but uh, he gives balanced views, and people like that here and there. But um, I would say, if if anybody's interested to getting into it, really find a balanced view. He he, you have to learn where where both sides are coming from, um, rather than just say I oppose the left and not really knowing really what's you know um, what's the method to their madness.
0: Personally, I like to use uh, the briefing with Al Mohler. He gives what he believes to be. Um, the News from a Christian Perspective. It's yes, good. There's a there's a worldview one that you put me onto, right? Yes. Um, the World and Everything in It is a podcast that um, goes through what's happening in the world. But what's unique about that one is it also goes through all the Supreme Court cases uh, that are current. And so it kind of keeps you abreast because normally you don't hear about Supreme Court cases and issues unless... Like everybody seems to be reporting it, like a Roe v. Wade um, decision or something of that nature. So, unless it's like plastered all over the news everywhere, you, you normally don't even know what's going on. And maybe that's purposeful to kind of keep us um, not realizing what's actually happening in our judicial system. And so, um, those two, uh, Nick mentioned Epic Times. And there are others, and so, uh, but we want to get a view that is accurate, um, that is from a biblical worldview, and that is, and something that's clear. So it's not kind of all over the place, and it, you know, not something that like reeks of um, conspiracy theories. So I, I think that um, we need to have really a balanced view, not balanced as far as, uh, you know, let me try to stay in the middle in a moderate way. I don't think there's anything wrong with a um, a strong believer, like listening to what uh, a total left liberal has to say and just hearing what they're saying so they can actually kind of get something from the horse's mouth, so to speak, like how are they depicting this issue? And the other side, but I, I think if you want like accurate views, you, you know, you have to go to sources that give those views. Yeah,
2: I think it's vital that we learn where the other person is coming from. Yeah. So it's very helpful uh, for you to have understanding, and also like when you're when you're dialoguing, and even trying to minister, it helps you have sympathy come with tenderness and love uh, rather than trying to win a debate. Um, you know, ideas don't just pop up out
0: of nowhere. A lot of times they have a root. So yeah, they, they always have a root and they always have a worldview um, there, which hence would be the root. And I think um, for those that have a background in uh, logic, um, finding and looking for a faulty reasoning in someone's argument, I think it's very helpful as you listen to um, broadcasters and journalists and the like um, putting the news out there. By the way, Nick, do you know what news stands for? Like the letters N-E-W-S? No. All right. <laughs> just, all right. I thought I just there for news. <laughs> but where, but it had to come from somewhere. All right. Yeah, well. Maybe this might be useless information uh, to some, but I find it helpful. News stands for finding out the information around the world from the north. East, south, and west. <laughs> that doesn't spell news. <laughs> what an acronym! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the north, east, well, west, and south. Is that really where it comes from? That's really where it comes from, man. So, in I case you like didn't that's know, that like
2: useless information. For I ain't
0: <laughs> well, all right, somebody's gonna find it useful. You know what I'm saying? My wife likes to know things like that. You know, like those little pieces of information you find on the on the opposite side of like a Snapple bottle. Oh yeah, you you don't like those, right? You throw the you throw. I used to read them. I don't remember any of them, but I used to read them. I wish we could make some and put some Bible verses on them. (laughs) (laughs) That's the hijack Snapple. (laughs) Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand (laughs) after you had your iced tea. You brew the vipers. (laughs) (laughs) Who has told you to brew such wicked iced tea? (laughs) So is there anything that will spark a spontaneous debate if it's not an outright argument when you discuss politics, even among believers? Um, as follows as of Christ, what should be our attitude and our involvement with politics? And um what what are your thoughts there?
2: Um, I think it should be the same attitude a Christian should have with everything else. Uh all of life to the glory of God. You know, there's not one area of life where the Christian uh <clears throat> should not be seen to to be an influence
0: for his glory in the kingdom. Mm. All of life to the glory of God. So there's no sphere of life, um, no component of life that is off limits uh, to the Christian. Because some people say, well, Christians just stay out of politics. There were characters in scripture involved that rubbed shoulders or held political positions, right? Who are some people in scripture that had um, political positions? Uh, Moses,
2: uh, Joseph, you know. Um, when it comes to like uh, the involvement in politics or or just confrontation with the state, I think about Nathan, right? Mm-hmm. As he confronted King David on, on his sin with Bathsheba, you know, that's precisely what we're called to do as prophets, right? Uh, not not that we're prophets when in terms of predictions, but, you know, we're to call people to God, to say the hard things, even if it means being hated for, for it, you know? And... John the Baptist did the same thing and it got him killed, right? He told Herod that, you know, it wasn't lawful for him to be sleeping with his brother's wife. Um, What law was he basing that
0: off of? Right. It wasn't Herod's law. No, it's God's law. (laughs) It was God's (laughs) law. (laughs) Yeah, he lost his head for it. Um, And it's interesting because uh, in that passage, it said that um, Herod feared John, because John was a just and holy man, and just—I mean, amazing—because Herod said, "I'll I'll give you anything you want to the daughter that dance up to half my kingdom." And so, John the Baptist's head was worth half a kingdom. I know how many uh, believers—if their head is worth half a kingdom—you know, as far as the dent that they're making against hell for the glory of God, or is it worth chump change? you know, in, in, in light of this. So I don't know how much our heads are worth to the devil. (laughs) (laughs) He loves to make Christians useless for the kingdom. Well, absolutely. Make them useless, make them, make them too busy, make them focus on things that shouldn't focus on and put their energies in the stuff that really don't matter. Should we love those who don't share in our same political views, um, I mean normally we would say those that have liberal views I mean are, are we to love them or are we just there to bless them No because we have to remember
2: that you know we we have marching orders we're on a mission to disciple the nations um <clears throat> blasting someone is 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 in the flesh you know and then and then not only that but there's a balance right you know uh how you you have to be discerning, and we have to pray for that discernment and wisdom on really uh, who to address, how, right? When when we're at when we're at the abortion mill and we're preaching the gospel, you're going to speak to an escort or preach to an escort a lot differently than you would uh, uh, share with a woman who's about to kill her baby, right? So so I mean, no, we don't blast people. Uh, we just pray that God will guide us with wisdom and discernment. Uh, to address them accordingly uh,
0: and lovingly, right? So we really are supposed to love our enemies, even those that have different political views. True story. <laughs> so you see how the gospel <coughs> excuse me, takes center stage, even in the midst of politics, because to love your enemy might be loving someone you politically disagree with. Um, and so... Uh, Can you have a righteous anger when something happens politically? I think what, I think Ohio
2: and what happened with them and putting abortion into their constitution, so that sparked a righteous indignation in me, right? But uh, we have to understand the context of Romans 13, uh, because it's not Paul making sure that we never run the red light is Paul warning the church to not join in with the Jews and violent rebellion and revolution. So the church is not to take up terrorism or storm the state chopping off heads, right? Uh, We're supposed to preach the gospel, right? And and keep our emotions under control, right? We're supposed to bring forth the fruit of the spirit and not the fruit of the flesh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of when uh, Jesus was in the garden. they were supposed to be praying and all of a sudden all of this thrust upon Jesus and the disciples were coming to arrest Jesus. There was politics involved there. Uh, there was religious politics involved there um, because the Sadducees came to arrest him and look how Peter responded. You know, he pulled out his, his, his' more like a fisherman's dagger than you know like a sword like a, it wasn't like a Roman sword. And uh, and he swung it and he hit Malchus's ear and uh and the ear came off. Uh, I think he was going for the head and he was a bad shot. But you kind of just see his uh <laughs> his anger there. Like you no know, one's gonna take my lord. And um he, he didn't he didn't respond in the right way. And perhaps right. cr- like Christians sometimes we take God's word, let's say, and all we want to do is like chop off the head of the liberal. And right. Is that, and we don't see that there's a soul to save. Right. Right. You just see the person as your enemy because they're attacking Christ and a Christian worldview. You're not eating at my table. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I think Peter gives us a real picture in that regards of what not to do. Because Jesus said, you know, if my kingdom were of this world, my soldiers would fight, you know, or my, you know, my disciples would fight, but they're not of this world. And so we have to respond differently than the world would respond. Um, and so what if the only thought about leftists is that they're liberal social justice warriors and we only have a despising heart toward them? Will we ever have a heart to reach them with the gospel?
2: We have to remember that we're ministers of the gospel. Right. And hatred towards those that we're trying to reach or those we disagree with, it just it kills our witness, right? It exposes yes. our pride and we end up being a servant of sin. Absolutely. And we have to live by our Lord's mandates to love our neighbors. That's in every situation, right? Not just, uh, we can't pick and choose those times. Uh, we, we are always in service to the Lord. You know, and in every and in every area, where every area where we have influence, uh, we're to be submitted unto Him. So, you know, uh, that has to be what drives us. You know, we have to love someone enough to offend them for the sake of their
0: souls. Amen. Amen. And you know, I'm, I was thinking about the Good Samaritan and how the religious people they just bypassed the man who was beaten and left for dead on the side of the road, you know. And sometimes we don't necessarily think of people, you know, leftists and and, and those with an ungodly worldview as those who are sort of beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. Um, I mean, they are dead in their sins and transgressions. And we can say, you know, I mean, each one of those people, the Levite and the priest, it says they they saw him and they passed by on the other side of the road. So their eyes locked on the one who they saw as their enemy and they made sure there was no contact that they had with that man because they didn't want to get their hands dirty. So you think like we're kind of guilty of that when,
2: when we know certain people's positions already and we choose not to engage?
0: I think so because, I mean, I think that we can engage with that person and say, "Listen, like, well, why do you uh, uphold abortion? Why, why do you think that that is good for society? What, what is being aborted?" And engage and make that person think. Because I think was 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 killing a lot of Christians
2: now is that um, they won't jump in the conversation because they're scared of what they might be called, right? right? They're scared that they're gonna, right away, they're gonna be called whatever, a bigot, a this, or a that. Racist. A, a racist. A, a fe- racist. A,
0: a, a, a... And a racist. <laughs> yeah, all
2: that, and a bag of chips. Right. <laughs> but, you know, so then we end up backing off, right? Yes. And then we're not being faithful to the Lord when, when we do so, you know? Um, I think that that is a type of denying our Lord. Mm, say that again i think that that's a type of of us denying our lord right
0: wow yeah because um i mean if you keep your mouth closed he told you to open it right um when philip preached to the ethiopian eunuch he it said he opened his mouth and preached him the gospel preached him christ but he had opened his mouth so You can't just kind of like run around in life and and somebody kind of looks at you and say, oh, you know, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) (laughs) I saw how you gave so-and-so a napkin, you know I mean? (laughs) Or whatever, you know, (laughs) you gave somebody a cold glass of water. I mean, that's good, but the the gospel is news and news must be written or spoken. You can't just keep church in church, right? You can't keep your Christianity in church. Right. Matter of fact, the word church is "ecclesia" in the Greek. It means the called out ones. Right. We're called out of darkness into his marvelous light, and then we're to to shine, we're to glow out among people. And so um, would you ever go to uh, maybe a rally, Nick, that involved um, a a person, a politician who is uh, a leftist, A person who has a liberal mindset. A rally? Yeah, a rally or a gathering. To do what? To bring the gospel.
2: Well, if I'm going to bring the gospel, yeah. right. I can't go there without a mission. Right.
0: You know what I mean? Imagine going to a a rally, a gathering um, that is given by a liberal politician and you go there with a gospel mission, which is not the same mission that they have. And so, Nick and I actually did that. We went to an AOC rally. What does AOC stand for, Nick? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Wow, that was very (laughs) Puerto Rican of you. (laughs) And when we went, we had a mission, and our mission was the gospel. So here we are, I'm here with Pastor Nick, I'm Pastor Phil, about to go into our first AOC town hall meeting and bring the gospel to bear. So we're just praying that God would give us opportunity. We prayed in the car, we prayed all the way here. We've looked at the scriptures and thought about what we're gonna say, but um, just going in with God's word and prayer. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We've seen videos where people like shout her down and uh, just try to create a ruckus. Um, I don't know what that accomplishes at the end of the day. It certainly doesn't accomplish anything for the glory of God. It just maybe gets them on camera and they just look like a screaming lunatic at the end of the day. And the point don't get across. Right. Right. And But you have to have the right point and you have to point them to the right place, to the cross. And, and so, so God is a God of order, right? And He would add, He would have us
2: conduct ourselves in an orderly way. So, um, like I said, some people will profess Christ and go out there and start shouting in the crowds, and then they're totally uh, ruining their witness. Yes. So when we went, what did we do? We sat and we waited and we watched them sift through the questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did they ask your
2: question? Nah, they didn't ask my question. Ask me if they ask yours? (laughs) No. We were sitting there watching them and she's just screening the questions. So,
0: you know. I think they made a paper airplane out of your question. (laughs) maybe origami it's probably still in the room <laughs> <laughs> it's holding up the gum it's being held up by gum under the seat uh, I think ours went in the round file you know what that is right <laughs> What's that? the trash can <laughs> um, seriously so we went and there was a line uh, toward the end of the evening I guess to take pictures or get an autograph um, I guess people could it, it was to take pictures take pictures yeah and so we got on the line um, and we knew that we were in the gaze of God. And so we wanted to bring the gospel uh, to this lost politician um, without shouting and screaming in her face and theologically having a wrestling match and getting thrown out and getting all that on video. And then we're on some news channel and uh, and there we go. And we, and we look like, you know, like raving religious lunatics. So we didn't take that route. Nah,
2: we didn't. (laughs) It was actually a very humbling uh, experience. Um, I learned a lot that day and I even had to repent um, because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I didn't respect her the way I should have. Uh, Not because necessarily because of who she is, but she is an image bearer of Christ, an image bearer of God, so I should respect that for sure. But um, I needed to respect her office, and um, I was angry with her, and I guess in my heart I did want to rage against her. Um, but then the Lord opened my eyes to see the lostness of her soul, and, you know, that really broke my heart. And I, and I, and I respected I and I honored her as I shared the gospel to her. Uh, so, you know, it was a very humbling moment for myself, and, and one way I learned a lot.
0: So your words were seasoned with salt, as the scriptures would say.
2: And I tried to use some of the things that she was saying uh, in in her speech, uh, just to show her that there's inconsistencies there. Mm. So we had the opportunity to do that. She got double whammy by us because uh, you were in front of me. (laughs) And of course, let me tell you something, wherever we go somewhere, the one who starts a ruckus is this guy here. <laughs> there was no
0: ruckus it this It never felt,
2: you got kicked off by the
0: guards. <laughs> <laughs> the guards pulled you away. Did you say the, gods <laughs> or the, or the guards? The guards. I said the guards. <laughs> he said it was Bronx accent. The gods.
1: <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, take it again. Yeah. 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 no video. Just move to the side. Oh, take no a picture. Take a picture, take a picture, in the We're done, you're done. I need you to step on the side there. I'm recording my friend, he's
0: talking,
1: he's a pastor. So I'm not gonna ask you anymore.
0: He just became a pastor
2: in
1: the church. Excuse me, I'm not gonna ask you anymore. So what? I'm just recording my friend, he's talking. Am I breaking a law? No, but we had enough. So I need you to step out. He, okay. he, he was videoing me. Videoing
2: me. Am, I, like, am I breaking a law? I'm breaking I'm a law. law. You're just disrupting this whole thing. Why
0: did you this He's got a reputation, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spiritual gift, brother. <laughs> yeah. So when I was recording Nick, uh, the the I don't know her security guard or whoever. He, um, he, he didn't appreciate me doing that, even though everybody was recording all night, right? There was like a laser beam on my head that said, you're not allowed to record. <laughs> and he tried to like press the phone. He tried to like stop the video and stuff. Yeah. So he, you know, he violated, as my students would say. He violated. So we can look at Paul's letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26, And the Lord's servant, that's us, must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone. And everyone encompasses politicians like AOC and and others that we would vehemently disagree with because they don't have a biblical worldview. Uh, Able to teach, that's what we must do, patiently enduring evil and correcting his opponents. But here's the attitude, with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So sometimes we forget that they're captured. The reason that they have that liberal mindset, that ungodly mindset is because their mind is captured to do the will of the enemy. And the only thing that could free them is the gospel. And so we have the key of the gospel at our disposal in that regards to to bring it to them, uh, we can't force it upon them. We can't like shove the key in their heart and unlock. But we certainly that that is our ablest weapon. That is our most important weapon to use is the gospel. I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said, "How do you defend a lion that's caged up and chained up?" And he said, "You just let it loose. Let it defend itself." And so we use the gospel because the gospel can defend itself. And so as we met with, um, with AOC at that rally, uh, we just really wanted to bring the gospel to her because this speaks of her. Uh, she's captured right now to do the will of the enemy. And we want to see her set free. Uh, God may set her free and God may choose not to set her free because God is sovereign in all things what say you Nick
2: he is free he is sovereign in all things and uh <clears throat> that's what we tried we i tried to share with her about um she was talking about in her speech about, you know, the little kids in Hunts Point who were suffering from asthma and we needed to save them and, and so on and so forth. So I told her and I said, uh, you, you know, you was mentioning those little kids, but uh, what's the difference between those little kids and the babies that are inside of the womb that, of, of a mother? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you're you saying you care about little lives, but what about theirs? And, uh, and you know, then I got into and started sharing the gospel with her. And telling her that you know your your position has been delegated to you by God, and you have a duty to him, um, to 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 rule righteously. So, um, <clears throat> it was it was it was scary to be honest with you. It was we were nervous. I think I think you you were pretty nervous. It was
0: yourself or I didn't know exactly you know what we were going to bring. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I was kind of nervous. And, you know we, we prayed and and we trusted in the Lord and and we were able to share the gospel with her and she got double whammied and uh I really it really felt good to be obedient to the Lord um and to you know get over that get over my own fears and to and to share and I really think that a lot of us uh, are scared and we want to but we don't and really um, we're supposed to surrender those fears to the Lord, so I mean, you're not you're not only going to um, be obedient to the Lord and sharing the gospel uh, with someone, especially someone like AOC, but you're also going to learn about yourself in your own walk, and you're going to learn to trust in the Lord more. You'll grow in your faith, even you know the, the, it's a you can't lose uh, by trusting in the Lord and moving forward for His mm-hmm. glory.
0: Well. Yeah. Amen. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, we have to realize that um, God and his will permeates and supersedes every aspect of his life because he's sovereign. And secondly, we must grasp the fact that uh, that government can't save us. And too many of us put our stock in that. Yes. We think, you know, if we just get like the, a righteous religious party, whatever that is, uh, in into the right places, um, then you know everything will be you know well and dandy. Now, I do appreciate when Christians uh, hold office um, and they rule righteously. I mean, it's not that I don't appreciate; I do. I mean, currently we have the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, who is um, who's a Christian and who's actually on the board of living waters with great comfort. And so uh, he's a solid believer as far as I've been told. And is he seemed to exemplify and exude uh, that godliness um, as he speaks. And so uh, we ought to certainly pray for Mike Johnson and pray that he would just um, rule in that respect and carry out the job description of a civil magistrate uh, according to Romans 13. And so the apostles, uh, when they didn't dis- when they disagreed with things, um, did the apostles teach believers how to reform pagan practices via the government? No, they didn't peacefully protest, right? But they powerfully preached. They went to the heart of the issue. Um, did they, being a, uh, Christians? Uh, did they say, well, Christians' lives matter? They didn't start up a group, um, you know, and, and hold up the rebellious fist sign. Um, they held up another sign. They held up the cross as they preached. Uh, that was the means that was needed to save people. And I believe it was Felix, another government official, who said to Paul, You've almost convinced me to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. But uh, Paul spoke the truth. He spoke truth to power uh, in a wise way. All right? we, we don't dumb down the truth in any way. We don't sugarcoat it. We don't soft shoe it. But we, we must speak truth to power because if we as the church, the living God, don't do it, then who will? Right? Which is like, for instance, Nick often tells me um, or reminds me, that the problem with the pro life movement is most people who say that they're pro life are not completely pro life. They're not abortion abolitionists. So, you know, they're like, "Listen, you know, I'm I'm against abortion and 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 if you don't want to have an abortion, if you don't like abortion, then don't have one, but don't really restrict someone else." Right. I'm against it,
2: but, you know, can't tell somebody else what to do.
0: Exactly.
2: You wouldn't say that. They didn't say that for slavery. Right. Uh, 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 well, saying that when slavery was legal, was that right?
0: Yeah, Nick. If you don't like slavery, yeah, then I don't I, have. A I slave. don't like
2: slavery. So, but those guys, let them do what they want.
0: Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs>
1: <Should> <laughs> that you makes sense.
0: Say, well, you know what? Listen, I don't have a slave. Or should you get out and speak against it, because of the biblical worldview? And if it wasn't spoken against, you know, I think this
2: world would be a lot different. So you know, when you talk about ending slavery, you really should thank a Christian who's following his Christian worldview, right. because it is the Christian worldview that ended slavery.
0: Thank
1: you.
2: You know, really, I, in all honesty, you know, the church has to stand up. Um, we could sit at our dinner tables, right, and just complain left and right about what's going on here, what's going on there. You know, AOC this, AOC that, Joe Biden this, Joe Biden that. We could say that till we're blue in the face, you know, and and not preach the gospel in the public square and not address the issues where the Lord would place us and influence uh, uh, um, the, the, our immediate sphere for the gospel. If we don't do that, you know, uh, we're just gonna watch the world crumble around us. What is yeah. it to complain and not do anything? How about we complain in our prayer rather mm-hmm. than complaining out loud. We we, we we transfer that into prayer, asking for God to give us the power um, and the courage and the boldness to step out of ourselves, to get past our own emotions and to preach the gospel to the lost world. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said earlier, right? I mean, what's, what, the only thing that could change this person's position is the spirit of God. And That's we it. got it. We're the ones to give it. So if somebody is in politics and they need the gospel and they need, the, they need to be saved because they're, they're, they're condemned under the law right now and they're headed to hell, oh, but the Christian can't engage in politics. The Christian can't engage with the state, right? It's supposed to stay in the lane. Oh uh, well, you know what? So that person goes to hell
0: because he's a politician and I can't I can't engage. Right. I mean, even the famous separation of church and state clause is greatly misunderstood. True story. Because many people think of it backwards Um as if the 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 church cannot speak into the state. But it was actually a letter written from Thomas Jefferson to I think the Dan- Danbury Baptist Church and the focus was that the state won't try to conduct and lead the church because that was their concern.
2: Right, they didn't want the same situation that was going on in England. They that's didn't they want left. a they didn't want a state church. Right. Right that a sole denomination would be the only church that's allowed uh, in the state or or the nation. That's what that's for. Right is is not about uh you know trying to impose on one another uh you got to look at it like this right you know god god gave us three institutions the family the church and the state right you know and and the church is is for redemptive purposes right and the state is 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 a response to the fall basically right to restrain sin yes right so we keep thinking that okay as a way to understand it, you know, we talk about like, they need to stay in their lanes. But we gotta understand that the church, the state, the family, they are the lanes. And we are the people driving the cars, right? And we are the ones who go into the lane, the, we change the lanes, right? So we're called to address these certain things, but we're not to impose one on the other. Am right. I am I making sense? Am I
0: right or yeah. am I wrong? No, or... you're making sense, because God establishes all authority. Right, authority in the home, authority in the church, and authority in government, and it's all established by God. Right. So if I address the state as
2: a Christian, as you know, representing the church, right, and they say, "Well, you can't, you can't address me because you know separation of church and state." That's that's not valid. No. Right, because your authority has been delegated to you by God. Yes. And so has mine. Yes. Right, and God trumps who trumps everybody. He trumps Trump. He trumps, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Trump. (laughs) (laughs) You've been trumped.
0: (laughs) And so God established all authority, and he does so for our benefit to commend those who do right, 1 Peter 2, 13 through 15. And Paul tells us in Romans 13, 1 through 8, that it's the government's responsibility to rule in authority over us, hopefully for our good, to collect taxes, to keep the peace, and when we have a voice, we can elect our leaders, and we should exercise that right by voting for those who best demonstrate a Christian worldview and Christian principles. And believers throughout the ages have lived and even flourish under antagonistic, repressive pagan governments. Um, anybody come to mind? Rome. In Rome. Yeah, so what happened in the church when they were persecuted? It grew. It flourished. It flourished, <laughs> right? So they thought they were going to put a real kibosh on it, and it didn't happen. So um, the more uh, the king of Egypt or the pharaoh dug his heels in and said, I'm not going to let your people go, you know, he was the head honcho. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that they got hit with the plagues... <laughs> and uh, the more Moses grew in his leadership, and and then I mean, the guy's son died. He never he didn't see that coming because he didn't have a worldview big enough to actually know what was going on. He was looking through the lens of all those pagan gods, and that in that regards, that's what a lot of people with an unbiblical worldview. Whether in politics or not in politics, are doing. They're looking through a lens that is not a true lens. It's an unbiblical lens. It's a lens of death, a lens of selfishness, a lens of pride and lust and greed. Um, it, it, it's, a less, it, it's a lens that rebels against God. That's not the lens we ought to look through because that lens will never give us the um, true story of a picture. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, do political entities, are they the savior of the world? No, they
2: try to be. And uh, that's what makes them pagans. <laughs> when they try to uh, put themselves in the position of God. And that's called, that's considered statism. And they're trying to, to uh, overrule God and act as if they are God themselves. So um, no, these political entities are not a savior. They have to understand that their authority has been delegated to them by God. They are subservient to God. They serve him. Um, The Bible calls them ministers of God. So um, that's that's their position. It's a matter of them having to submit uh, to that God-given authority.
0: Yeah, I mean, the salvation for all humanity has been manifest through one man, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy one fifteen says, This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. And then in 1 Timothy 3.16 It says, great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness. And this is all about Christ. He was manifest in the flesh. Christ. Vindicated by the spirit. Christ. Seen by angels. Proclaimed among the nations. What nations? Every nation. Our nation. The nation next to us. The nation above us. The nation across the seas. All nations. Believed on in the world and taken up in glory. Um, all of life makes sense only because of who Christ is. Because then life doesn't make any sense apart from Christ. We won't know why we're here, who we are, what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do, what's wrong with the world. How come what's wrong with the world be made right? And what happens when I die? Christ has all the answers. And those in leadership in our country that don't have those answers to those crucial questions, they have, they have a man-centered answer, and that one will not help anybody for eternity, at least not in eternal glory. That will just push people or keep people on the road to eternal destruction. And we, and we have a duty
2: um, to call them out uh, for the good of society, for the good of the church, right? Even Paul tells Timothy uh, in First Timothy 2, one, first, first of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity i mean did, did us being involved with with the state and politics and stuff like that is it's impossible god calls us to even pray right we're supposed to act as as, as a mediator and intercede on behalf of the state so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity it, it, you know we this is not a hierarchy the state is not above the church, and the church is not above the state. These are institutions that have been created by God, and how do we know how to navigate in them? The scriptures.
1: Yeah.
2: God shows us in his word, um, and if only we to be faithful to his word, um, we'd be a lot better off, <laughs>
0: i tell you that. What, what kind of practical advice would you give? to how a Christian um, can be involved in politics, not just for the sake of getting involved, but for the sake of the gospel? Well,
2: first pray. Pray, 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 pray. I think that's the most important thing. You know, the, the biggest and greatest foundation is to pray because um, your emotions have to be in check. Yeah. Um, and then, And then maybe seek counsel from your pastor, elder, um just to help direct you, uh to pray with you, just to to uh, you know, and then and then do your homework, right? Um who you wanna go out and reach, um, how are you gonna start doing it? And listen, I'm 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 learning this myself, right? Um trying to start to uh speak to local representatives in terms of our manger ministry and um, you know, Sometimes it gets difficult. I don't know where to start, so I start in the prayer closet, and um, I I can't uh, stress that enough, because um, you know the flesh is going to do its best to get in the way, and and you can't allow it. You have a greater, greater mission, a greater duty to fulfill, and it's and it's you know the spreading of the kingdom of God, glorifying Him, bringing King Jesus, you know. Christ is the head of the church right and we belong to him and we are his servants so we
0: are to be his free will offerings mm. right yeah and i i think um as far as doing your homework uh where are the local board's meeting um can you go to a school board meeting and speak up about the gospel and you could look up on the online yeah
2: you know and and just uh you know, email put your email in and they'll and they'll send you emails of when the, the next meetings are coming up, the next town halls are coming up, and then you just kinda figure out how you're gonna, you know, uh sign up for it and, and be there. I would probably recommend don't go by yourself. Right. Um for the sake of accountability and and um, you know, and encouragement. But, you know, th- these are the things. It's just we, we start we have to start doing it. Um It's really just a matter of it doesn't matter. Learn on the fly. Uh, You know, you're not you're not out there to be eloquent or any of that. You're out there to be obedient to the Lord. Um, Yeah. If we don't start doing it, then we might as well stop complaining about the way the world looks around us.
1: Mm.
2: You know, because you know I heard Tony Evans uh, say one time the church is the conscience of the nation. Yeah. You know. if we don't preach to the nations you know how are they going to know
0: i think jesus says something about going into all the world and making disciples of the nations <laughs> yeah go figure <laughs> <laughs> so we have um town hall meetings uh school board meetings uh, gatherings uh, where politicians are you can bring gospel tracts with you pass out gospel tracts, bring Bibles with you. Give the politician a Bible. Um, give them gospel tracts. Talk to them. Say, hey, you know what? I want to pray for you. Do you know Christ? How can I pray for you? How can I pray for your family? I don't know too many people that turn that down. Uh,
2: <laughs> I've seen people get so surprised and caught off guard. by Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think... That these conversations, we need to be, um, we we need, we have to put ourselves out there. We have to put ourselves out in uncomfortable positions for the sake of the gospel, because certainly our Lord put himself up on that cross in a very uncomfortable position to redeem us because of our sin, because we were the liberal politician, and worse, we were dead in our sins and transgressions, and Christ left heaven to come to earth. To reach us with the gospel, can't we leave our couches and the comforts of our home, step out of the pews, into the seemingly unknown, to engage those that are quote unquote in power, knowing that God put puts people in power. He raised them up, he pulls them down, and speak the truth of the gospel to power. And doing it according to 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26, and a ton of other verses, make your uh, make your speech seasoned with salt, have a good report among unbelievers, um, and be just ever so faithful. Because if you don't reach those politicians, how are they going to come to the gospel? Christian, it's your job. It's my job. That's just a pastor's job. It's not just another Christian who's in politics to reach the other. No, it's your job in your town, in your community, in your city, in your state. Wherever the Lord puts you. That's it. If you don't do it, who will? And if you don't do it now, then when?
2: Uh, I always hear Seth Gruber saying, you know, Christians need to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, you know, a lot of us, we're scared of that. Right? We're scared of being uncomfortable, getting out of our comfort zone. But, you know, we have to be comfortable with being, you
0: know, with staying in the
2: pocket, you know, for the glory of God, uh, at at the gates of hell.
0: Yeah. Right? Redirecting traffic. Right.
2: I mean, <laughs> that is not comfortable being at the abortion mill. No. But um it's where the Lord called us to go. Yes. So what are we gonna do? Right? Yeah. You know, I say, hey, uh, well, you know what, I like my bagel and I'll just right.
0: stay at home, <laughs> put but, my feet up. Let me take a ship in another direction and see how that turns out for me, right? If, if God says go, then you gotta go. I know, I always bring it back to Jonah, right? It's just somehow it just happens. <laughs> I wonder if you and Jonah looked alike. <laughs> he was probably much better looking than me, you know? <laughs> I like to catch the fish. I don't like to be caught by them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a crucial time. Uh, just think, we're coming up on Christmas time. There's going to be Christmas carols and all that in many of the um, the malls and venues and stores that you visit. Why not go with gospel tracks and uh, and, and pass them out? You can use gospel track, uh, gospel track planet. Um, or it might just be Track Planet and one million tracks, Living Waters. There's a slew of great ones out there. Get you some, get some tracks and, and put your church's stamp on there or sticker on there and go hand them out. Um, see where uh, maybe some of these politicians are going to have some kind of holiday Christmas celebration. Eh, go with some people from your church and go belt out Joy to the World while you're there and pass out some tracks. You know, or get it, be a part of that venue. Imagine they had a town hall and it was somehow, you know, they, they were talking about, um, you know, holiday celebrations. And and then you volunteered your your some people from your church to go insane. Um, it's a great time to share the gospel, even though really all the time is a great time to share the gospel. And like Nick said, uh, the way Jesus made disciples was discomfort. He put them in uncomfortable situations, and they grew. Well, please consider uh, becoming one of our fishing partners. um, And fishing partners are those that God has burdened to hold the rope as we venture into the gold mine to equip saints and to reach the lost for the glory of God. And so you can give a monthly donation to our website, at soulfishingministries.org. And check out our shop online as you look to bless others with gifts, which will spark up witnessing conversations. We have a few ugly Christmas sweaters uh, that are ready to be ordered now, just in time for Christmas. And
1: we thank you for taking this time to stop and think about it. If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You could also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. This podcast is listener supported by generous people like you. You can give a tax-deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishingministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It.